Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. I invest my heart, soul, and most of my professional career in helping maintain and be a part of being an organization that I cared more about than I cared about my own career. Very emotional. Uh, Mike Shield yesterday, the former manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, in a prepared statement on Zoom, did not take questions with the media. Danny Mac show on a Tuesday. And that is Brandon Kylie. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Uh, we'll talk about this all morning, I'm sure, for the next hour. Uh, get into it. Maybe talk about uh, also some of the potential candidates of what's happening uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals. But uh, good morning, BK. Always good to see you, my man. Good morning, Dan. Missed you yesterday, my friend. Missed you on Friday, being able to actually see you in person we were out at copper fire it was great to be Didn't out there with everybody too you were, True. You were i was also out of centene it's yeah. been a minute man it, it's great to see you again it's great Dan. to see you how you doing today i'm doing great uh yesterday just i'm gonna pull back the personal curtain Please. here a little bit so i was down at uh in columbia missouri my daughter and her golf team for high school qualified for the state uh, title so they uh, are playing in a two-day event so i went down there to uh, to watch her play she's a freshman and um pretty cool man from what i understand she's uh she's a pretty kick-ass golfer so I, she's fine she does just fine we'll That's just leave awesome, it at man. that I'm, I'm happy to hear Very that proud of her um it's it's awesome to see that you're able to get out there happy to be able to allow that to happen uh for you yes. and hopefully she ends up bringing it home today Dan, what was it By like? By the way, it was really cool. A friend of mine is a coach at another school. Hadn't seen him forever. I go, hey, man, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I got some individuals here. He said, that's your daughter? I said, yeah, that's my daughter right there. He's like, oh, man, that's cool. He goes, I'm pulling for them to bring it back to St. Louis. That's I said, awesome. all right, thank you very much. That's anyway, awesome. go ahead. I'm sorry. What was yesterday like for you? I, I know you and you and Schultz had a good relationship, um, and I'm not saying this is anything that's like pulling at the heart. No. Or, but what? What was this like for you yesterday? Um, you know, I it's bitter it's 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 not bittersweet. That's not the right way to to put it. Um, I'm sad, you know. I I I really like Mike. Um, and as I said on the crossover with Randy and Michelle BK, I I've known Mike since he got to the organization in, you know, 2003, 4 whatever it was. And in spring training, I'd always catch up with him. You know, he'd be running around on the backfields or doing his thing in the complex and just have great baseball conversations with him. So then when he would get to, I think it even happened in Springfield, but when Memphis would end and if he was coaching or managing there, he'd come up to the major league club. So he would be with us at the tail end of the regular season and he'd come out, just kind of take it all in and we'd be in the dugout talking. So that was my first initiation into Mike Schilt, long, in-depth, you know, philosophical conversations about baseball. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just love being around him. And I, I and the point I'm going to make is that I only go on how people treat me a sure. lot of times. And he treated me with the utmost of respect. I mean, he was great to me. And in my job, when you're trying to get um, just some some information or insight into what's happening and you know what you can use and what you cannot use for uh, competition differences, I'll give you a great example. One time I went on the air and I said uh, uh, it was Lance Berkman's final 
it was like a weekend and Cardinals are still in it. He's a switch hitter. And uh, I said, are you, are you going to play tonight or what's going on? He's like, absolutely not, Danny Mac. He said, I got no chance. He goes, I'm going to see the doctor after this. I'm doing this, that, and the other. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, obviously I'm not going to say that on the air because then the other team might get a lefty or righty up realizing Berkman is on the bench. But and the same things happen with relievers, too. A lot of times a manager, Tony La Russa, was great with this with me. He'd say, okay, Kylie, I know when he's going to face uh, Tanner in the seventh inning. And if you see that he's not up, um, BK is dealing with a really bad elbow right yeah. now. But uh, just say he's got the flu. That's okay, sure. Because then I explain it to the fan base and say he's unavailable. Mm. Um, if that spot comes up. But I wouldn't do it early in games because they're watching in that, that clubhouse. So you, you don't want to give away the information. And so um, they it was just, he was very good in that regard. And then on a personal level, you know, we were friends, you know, going out to dinner, hanging out, whatever. So uh, I hate to see a guy lose his job. It's a business, though. And I would assume when Mo hires these guys, he probably says to Mike Matheny, and to Mike Schilt and to the next guy, hey, by the way, uh, we're excited to have you. You're the guy we want. And we're kind of on that that pink cloud right now. Everything's going great. You're excited. We're excited. Uh, you got a promotion. But I'll tell you what, at some point, I may have to fire you. So just remember that. And that stuff happens yeah. all the time. This is modern-day baseball. Yeah. And that doesn't – I feel like there's almost simultaneous conversations happening right now, Dan – where it's like on, on one hand, we can talk about the decision that the Cardinals made. And on the other hand, there is this like the same track of having baseball conversations of where the sport is right now. And you almost can't have one without the other right now talking about the Cardinals because they're they're intertwined. Everything that is happening in modern baseball. Hell, what we're watching right now in the postseason sure. with the Dodgers and some of their pitching decisions. The post, and it's made by the front office. I mean, they're all saying, yeah, we're all, this is what we're doing. Front From office, the tippy top yeah. of the organization right. is, I believe, what Dave Roberts had to say about it. So it, it's really hard to have a conversation about the Cardinals and what they just decided to do with Mike Schiltz without having the bigger conversation about where baseball is as a whole. And I, I feel like this almost needs to be said. You don't have to like where baseball is going to understand some of the decisions that are taking place. I think that's fair. And, and I think it's okay for us to say, hey, like, I don't love the shift. I'd be fine with them this offseason outlawing the shift. I got no problems with that. That'll change some of the ways that some of these decisions are made. Um, I, I don't like some of the ways that when a decision is made, it feels wrong, but the numbers say that it is right. And so it, it's probably the right call, even if I don't like it and it makes my viewing pleasure of the game worse. Right. Good, good way to put it. Yes. So I, I think all of that can be true and we can understand all of that while also disliking it. Yeah. So I, I think that's an important basis for some of the conversations that we can have here. And I think some of that is what went into this decision. And I also think another conversation that is almost being sidetracked a little bit it doesn't mean that Mike Schultz is a dunce that there were philosophical differences between him and the front office. They can disagree on things, whether that be philosophy of all the time. what should happen in the offseason right. or how you should utilize a rotation or what the hitting philosophy should be as a team. Those things happen. Well, like last night, so I'm doing some of the blues work. Clem Costin is in the lineup. Wonder how much impact uh, Doug Armstrong in the front office said, hey, get him in the lineup. 
Jake Neighbors playing right now. He's got nine opportunities right. before they've got to send him back down to uh, juniors, potentially. Hey, we probably want to find out what this kid can do for us. And the coaching staff may be saying, man, I don't want that guy in there right now. I mean, I've watched him. Well, no, tough. Put him in. I Mike mean, Hoffman last year. That's right. I, I would have to imagine that the front office was like, hey, he needs to be on the first power play unit. Yeah. And the front er, and the coaching staff very well may have pushed back on that for a while. And eventually, you know what? He was on that first power play unit That's because right. eventually these things have to be in line. So a couple things I want to hit on that we, you were just saying. So the firing thing, I look, I. I'm, I'm with the fans here. I, I think it would be really easy, and we could have a conversation if we said Mike Schild didn't win enough games. You know, that's why he's going to get fired. That's a concrete answer, right? I mean, you sit there and you go, hey, um, you know, you, you went 75 and whatever, and then the following year you got 78 wins. You didn't win enough. Okay, we had to turn the page. Fans go, okay, I get it. Or bullpen management was horrific. You go, okay, I can do that. Or he's awful with the media. And in this day and age... It's a huge part of it. Yes. I mean, the manager's meeting before, after, it's constant. And you are the face. In a way, BK, I think you would agree. You're the the face of the franchise Mm -hmm. in terms... Not a player. I mean, with the media, you're just always out in front and trying to connect to the fans through the media. So if you had those kind of reasons that were concrete, you go, okay, all right, turn the page, go get the next guy. But there's a lot of questions right now, and it's vague. Um, unless something comes out like a bombshell, which I do not anticipate. They wouldn't have allowed him to do that Zoom yesterday exactly. if something bigger was coming out. I think that that's something that we can go ahead and write off. Yeah, I would agree. You're not going to have a I, – I don't think you would have a John Gruden-type situation no. here. Um, now, to your point of the analytics aspect of this, and I think you make a great point. So I, I talked about this example um, – on the crossover. So there was a player this year, and it made no sense. Your viewing pleasure, my describing viewing pleasure was like, oh, why are you doing this? Like, why is Mike doing? I mean, Mike, you're a smart guy. Why, what are you doing? And so I asked him about it. He went through every analytical reason why he made the move. And I, it, again, on its surface as just baseball talk, you know, surface level stuff lefty righty you know that kind of thing i was like man it, it this doesn't make any sense and then he he walked me through the entire thing through analytics so to sit there and say that mike shield is not on board with analytics is wrong he is this is an analytically based game and this is a four at the forefront type of analytically thinking organization to the point bk that in the mid early 2000s jeff luno was brought in and they had a NASA scientist brought in mm-hmm. to take a look at how we're drafting players because the model wasn't working anymore. They build a wit. Others thought this is good. We, we've got these chips in the minor leagues. OK, we can use these chips to trade and then bring in Scott Rowland, Jimmy Edmonds, others and sign them long term. Give them an idea of what it's like to be here. They did that. However, That's a lot of money invested into individuals. And they said the lifeblood of what we need to do, and Bill DeWitt has been around this since he was a little boy, is that we have to have a farm system producing players. So they went outside the box and took a look at a guy at Slippery Rock like Matt Adams and took in weather, competition, swing plane, how big he was, the fact he's got power, and say, 
we'll take a flyer on this guy in the whatever it was, 22nd round. That may work for us. Trevor Rosenthal. Oh, I see him at shortstop. I'm watching how he throws. The guy can he, he can let it loose. They on purpose didn't talk about him around other people because they wanted to draft him. They did a lot of things like that. So then when you have the proof in the pudding where that works, believe me, going forward, they're going to be analytically based. That's what they're doing. So it's not that I don't think Mike Schilt was on board with analytics. That's not right. But I think he wanted more of the uh, maybe some of the red coat guys around that kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. Were there relationships behind the scenes that had been severed? Potentially. You know, those are things that uh, that all go into this decision. And so the money quote, like I said to you the other day, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, was everybody had to be on the same page yep. from the dugout up to the front office. And if you felt the guy wasn't going to do that, then you had to make a move. Yeah, and, and we're getting some texts in from the 314. Guys, but that way won back when they had Jeff Luno in the front office. The Walt way and Tony way won. Yes, and that's what the Cardinals are trying to do now. And if they viewed... In any way, shape, or form, Mike Schilt as being a hindrance to winning, not just in the regular season, winning 90 games, getting to the playoffs. If they view this as a potential hurdle that they had to overcome and it wasn't going to maximize the talent on the roster moving forward, or if it was just a, hey, the relationships aren't working and that's going to be a hindrance to us winning long term, then they had to make the move. That doesn't mean that I'm rooting for them to make this move. I thought he should have got a contract extension this offseason. I think he's a pretty good manager. I think he's good in well, the in that may have been on the table. Yeah. And something happened last week in those organizational meetings where they looked at where are we going with the direction of the club? Is everybody on board? Ooh. Apparently not. Issues. Yeah. And so I also think one other thing, Dan, on, on you mentioned analytics. And you mentioned what the decisions were that or some of the ideas were concepts were that went into some of the decisions for Schilt. I think sometimes we hear analytics and it just becomes a buzzword that means nothing to us now. When Dan says analytics, he means information. That's what he's talking about. It's they've been using numbers and stats and information in baseball for decades. This is not something new. It's just becoming more formulaic. There are algorithms and there is more information that is available now than ever has been available in the past. And so if you have this available to you, yeah, you should use it. And that doesn't mean it has to be the thing that drives every decision 100%. There's other factors that go into play. If you are a football team, for example, and it's fourth and one, and you have the 32nd best offense in the league, you're the worst offense in the league, your offensive line, you've got a right guard, right tackle, and a center that's out. And by the way, the opposition has uh, Aaron Donald and a top five defensive end Mm -hmm. on that side of the ball. Yeah, you probably shouldn't run the ball up the middle on that fourth and one, even though the numbers tell you to do so. There are other factors in play in every single decision that takes place, but they just help you come to a more logical conclusion. And that's what baseball has become. Now, it's the information that is available to you, and there's a heck of a lot of it out there right now. And if the Cardinals want to continue utilizing that even to a greater degree, and they view that as their next edge, they're looking for, okay, when we brought in Jeff Lunau, that was our edge in the mid-2000s. What do we have there now? That's What's the next that's frontier? How do we get there? I remember when John Mosellock was promoted to president of baseball operations, he said, we have fallen behind and there are some projects that I want to work on that are going to get us back to the front of the line. What are those? 
where do they get to that place? As they're watching the Dodgers and the Giants and the NLDS while they're at home, what are those teams doing that the Cardinals are not? How do we get back to where they are now? I have to imagine that's a part of what this next hire is going to be. Yeah, I would agree. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Continue on a Tuesday, Danny Mac show on 101 ESPN. Mike Schilt, uh, thank just about everybody yesterday. He was, again, very thoughtful. He was very uh, thankful, and it was class, and that included his staff. One of the unbelievable, amazing things about this staff was the fact that how long we were able to cut our teeth and strive together. Pop, Gertie, Jeff, Ollie, Jabell, and Willie, I got the privilege of working with you in the minor league system before we got the chance to work together at the big league level. I was fortunate to, enough to coach and manage Ollie, KT, and Packy in the minor leagues, and they were a huge asset for what we were able to accomplish at the big league level, especially Ollie, who has my deepest and most trusted respect. Those two were uh, very, very close. And, uh, you know, at, at this point, BK, I, I mean, I'm anywhere I go, I almost want to turn off my phone. I mean, I'm asked about, well, what happened? Why, why this? I, I mean, again, you hear all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, the only two people that really know are probably Mr. DeWitt and and Mo. And some other, I mean, Bill DeWitt III, Gersh got involved, I'm sure. I mean, he's sure. a general manager, some in the front office. But they've all taken what they've tried to be with the high road here to not air dirty laundry, if there was that the, in that case, and let Mike move on and the Cardinals move on. So the the question I'm asked a lot, well, who do you think gets it? And when I see that the rest of the staff is kept intact – I'm thinking, well, it's got to be somebody internally. And they have gone in that direction. They've gone with Cardinals. They've gone with guys that have been in the system. And uh, But the main thing I see is that if you're going to let go of the manager but keep his staff intact, that means to me that it's coming either from the minor leagues or the the existing staff. And he just mentioned at the very end there, Ali Marmol. Ali's 35. At one point, he was the youngest manager in the minor leagues. Uh, and then graduated towards what he was doing with Mike Schilt being a bench coach. So at this point, I mean, I, I'm looking at Ali, I'm looking at Stubby, and I, I would assume that they have interest um, and would want to do this. But Who wouldn't? Yeah, it, you, you're going to have a chance to win next year. I'm going to assume that they're going to go out and spend some money this uh, offseason to improve the club in deficient areas, and it's going to be a very competitive club. Um, so, And it's the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, bottom line, you're you're going to a historic franchise. I also look at how Mo has done some of these hires. Uh, Mike Matheny had never had managerial experience at any level except Little League. Brought him in and knew that he had a good team waiting for him. And then it was Mike Schilt. Didn't play in the big leagues. That's an outside-the-box thing. Well, Ali Marmol would be an outside-the-box thing, too. You know, I mean, 35 he's 35, didn't play in the big leagues, and um, and all of a sudden you're turning the keys over to the Ferrari, uh, to him. 
I, I just think that that's something that they will look at. I really do. I'm fascinated by Marmol because I've done some more research on him in recent days, Dan. I've gone back and done a lot of reading and uh, trying to find out you know, more about his background, sure. where he comes from, what he's all about. And there was a really great story from Derek Gould. He, he talked with him. I think this was last spring training, 2020 spring training, when he talked with him about, you know, how did you end up on the coaching side of things? Because... He was in spring training with the Cardinals for their minor leagues. That's right. And he was listening to a speech by Tony La Russa at the time, and he realized kind and of in that moment. And you're saying he was in, in spring training as a player. Correct. Yeah, yes. he, was, he was still a player within the right. system at this point in time. He was listening to a speech from Tony La Russa, and he was like, you know what? I, I'm a coach. Like, I'm here as a player, but I, I'm not going to be a player on the big league club. It's, it's just not going to be there for me. He ended up getting cut later on that year. And he told the Cardinals as it as it took place, and I would have, have to imagine there were probably some conversations beforehand as well. Hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to get in on the coaching side of things. And a couple of months later, right back with the right. Cardinals on the coaching side of things. He is very modern in his approach. He has a relationship with Jeff Albert that dates back to his minor league Correct. levels. Uh, they used to work out together, from what I can tell. Uh, I, I think that that would help. He is very analytically driven. He is very young. He has relationships already within that clubhouse. And by the way, he speaks Spanish, which does not hurt in today's game. That would not be a deciding factor, but it, again, doesn't hurt for him to do so. So I, I think Ali Marmol is a really good candidate. Like, forget the ties to St. Louis, but just in general as a managerial candidate for today's game, he makes a lot of sense, man. I could see it. He's very detailed oriented too. So um, when you talk about how you run a spring training camp, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, boy, that are going this way, that way in a short amount of time. And he was and, in charge of it, right? Yeah. He was I mean, the one that coordinated things? Yeah. It, before him, it was Joe Patini under uh, Tony LaRusso all those years. And then kind of the staff got together, did different things. But Ali was at the forefront of doing that. Uh, I know Ali. Great dude. Uh, great wife, couple of kids, uh, very small, uh, young kids. I think his daughter probably is now three or four. They just had a baby within the last, I think, probably 18 months, something like that. Maybe two years now. I mean, it's all running together with COVID. But uh, very much a family man uh, and very much understanding the history of this organization, too, which is something that you want with that. Uh, Mike also talked about the ownership group in the front office of the St. Louis Cardinals. I'd like to thank the organization for the opportunity to coach and manage at the major league level, starting with the DeWitt family and the ownership group, along with Mo and his front office staff. I will always be very, very appreciative of your trust in me. Yeah, Mo went out, found him, saw him, was scouting, doing those kind of things, and had him at just about uh, every level of the organization. And there, there were some great memories for Mike Schilt as well. In 2007, at the end of Instructional League, sitting down at the head of the table as John Mazalot came in after recently named the general manager and informed our department that we were now going to rely on our homegrown talent even more, and our future was our farm system. It was a privilege to help shepherd our system and reward that trust with players that came up and contributed to another era of successful Cardinals baseball. It was a player development department that won the 2011 and 2013 organizational uh, minor league baseball organizations of the year. Quite a tribute to our players, but also a, to our cohesive staff. Another highlight was working with Mark DeJohn and Gary LaRock, among others, in an, on an organizational field manual that captured the teachings of the recently departed, departed and legendary George Kissel. It's something that I'll always take great pride in 
and know that I left the instructional aspect of organization in good hands. One of the things I thought about when I was listening to Mike speak um, was that he was making a lot of points about uh, just the, the, the development of players, the organization behind the scenes in terms of the minor leagues, which he's very, very proud of and what he did with player development because many of these players graduated that he had as a coach, manager in the minor leagues to the major leagues. Some of them you're still, you're still seeing today, Colton Wong and uh, Carlos Martinez, Alex Reyes, and the list goes on and on. Um, so he took great pride in that. And I just wonder if that was his way of kind of saying, reading between the lines, are we getting away from that? Or what do we, you know what I mean? I, I, I did think that. I also think there's been a lot that's been said over recent days about his lack of trust in the young players. And I, I wonder if he's heard some of that. And he's like, hey, listen, let, let's set the story straight here. My history is on the development that, really. side of things. Yeah, because of the comments that he made on Nolan Gorman. Uh, I don't know if oh, you saw that interview in Channel particular. Five. Yeah. I think that was more about if he's going to be the way I took it, and I could be completely wrong. The way I took that was, hey, if we have a young player like this, I don't want to uh, uh, back him at what's the word for, but paint him in as just a DH. Sure. Because you got Tommy Edmond, you got Nolan uh, Arenado, and you got Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, those are three pretty good guys that would play the positions that he potentially could play. And do I really want to just say, okay, here's a DH. I, that's the way I took it more so than, well, I don't want to have young players because I could counter that and say, well, they, they brought up Dylan Carlson and you can argue whether or not he was ready in the truncated season. And apparently, you know, it took a little bit to get his feet wet and get mm-hmm. going. Um, I, I think it's been a critique it, of him, though, over the years. You know, but so going they, back to the outfield where they ended Bader up trading. And O'Neal, they played those guys. They're young players still. I hear you. Um, and, and it may be a totally unfair critique. And I yeah. think that's why he's pushing back there a little bit. But. Um, th- there was some of that with the Randy Rosarena prior to or once he was traded and we saw him become Babe Ruth last year where it was like, sure. hey, why didn't he get more playing time when he was here? And I think that was that's fair. And, and I think there was some of that with the Dexter Fowler. That's one of the reasons why they decided to trade him as well was to open the runway for the young outfielders. It, it may be unfair. I do think there was some of that. I, I've been guilty of it myself at times of being like, hey, why, why not get the young guy out there? And then I think for, for Alex Reyes, for example, next year in the rotation, now he might not have earned the benefit of the doubt with the way that his performance kind of dissipated down the stretch. But I think there were some questions as to whether or not he would go that route as a fifth starter as well. Some of that, I think, plays into it, maybe, but that might be me reading into it as well. Sure. Um, and that's fair. I mean, I look at it one way, you look at it another. Sure. Hey, that's fair. Um, what about Mike Schilt and uh, maybe one of the, the final comments that he made? I was taught not to talk out of school. And while clearly there were differences that led to this parting of ways, out of respect for the organization, the people that run it, I can only express my gratitude and all the all this philosophies that were shared over the many years, most of which together allowed us to part ways as, as professional friends. And um, that will be left said. And what, what differences there were um, will be left to remain unsaid. I respect and hope that any rumors or, or um, windows that are out there can be left to just let's move forward and let's take care of uh, maintaining the integrity of the future of the organization. Yeah, and uh, that's taking the high road. So if you're going to hire Mike Schilt, though, one of the things that's going to happen if you're the Padres or, uh, well, the Yankees will not do it. Aaron Boone agreed to a three-year extension today. But whatever opening is out there, you're going to do your due diligence because on the surface you're going to say, 
I don't know the inner workings of the Cardinals. I'm I'm Team X. And that was a guy that just spent 18 years in the organization and three years as manager and got them into the playoffs. And the year before that, when he took over, they were a game under 500 and almost got them in because of how they finished when he took over for Mike Matheny. He did a, a just a hell of a job. I, I think that may have been his best year of managing. He went for broke, man. And they were running and doing all kinds of stuff and got him playing good baseball. And he got them to clean up their defense. And they became one of the best base running teams in the game. What am I missing here? And I, I do think that's what fans are saying right now, too. So when we, we go on the, the air uh, in the mornings here, BK, all summer, we're saying, boy, that move last night, didn't like it. And somebody be on the text line or you're talking at your water cooler at work going, God, you may, why did he do that? I mean, we all do that. But sure. the body of work was pretty darn good. Yeah. So you're going to do your due diligence and say, what happened here? And, uh, and do some digging. And, and, you know, I eventually I, I'm sure stuff will come out what that is. We don't know, but I would assume um, he's going to get another managerial spot. I also, by the way, if I was a college and the, and I was a big time college program that could pay him good money, I'd look real hard at Mike Schilt. Yeah, that'd be a great hire. If you, if, if he's, he's tied in still with a lot of the guys around the college game. Um, Can I add one thing to what yeah. you just said there? I also think different teams are looking for different things. Absolutely. The Padres, for example, their candidate list is going to look very different than the candidate list for the St. Louis Cardinals. The, the, the Padres are looking for an experienced manager who's been through this before, can take hold of that clubhouse and lead them in the right direction. They believe the talent is all there and it's plug and play. You put somebody in there, you make sure that the clubhouse is in the right mindset on a day-to-day basis and boom, let's go win a hundred games next year. Yeah. And Mike Schultz could very well be the right man for that job. Oh yeah. And that's not the same thing that apparently the Cardinals are looking for. Doesn't make one uh, one idea better than the other. Doesn't make one situation better than the other. They're just different. And so if the Cardinals want to go with a first-year manager who is 35 years old potentially and Ali Marmol, that, that he may ne- he probably would never have been a candidate for the Padres job. So it's just they're looking for different things, man. It's like a, a college situation where you've got one college football team that's looking for one thing and another that's looking for something different entirely. It's different processes. You ready to talk some uh, candidates when we come back? Let's do it. All right, we'll do that when we come back on 101 ESPN. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Could this be an exciting offseason for the Cardinals? And the only reason I say that is we keep talking about how this is squarely going to fall on the front office. And, like, if this doesn't work, well, there's going to be some explaining to do, right? Mm -hmm. If the new manager doesn't work, wouldn't you think that they'd be inclined to make a move to make sure this works? One of the frustrating things, and that was BT from the fast lane that – I've been thinking about just looking at a big picture. That's uh, BK. I'm Danny Mack. Is that you had the 17 game winning streak. You had the excitement of getting into the playoffs. You had a fan base, in my opinion, re-energized by what they saw down the stretch. That was fun, man. That was fun. Baseball place was getting packed. It was like it was pre-COVID. So you had a lot of momentum going into this offseason. I'm not saying you can't have it and it's been lost. And when you sign a, a big-time player, all of a sudden you're pretty fired up. But I just didn't like how it all – I, 
I was excited about the season and just worried about, okay, do you go with this combination at short? Do you go out and get somebody who's on the pitching market to uh, bolster your pitching staff? Because it's clear that if you throw strikes, you're going to win. It's a talented outfield. You found that out. There are a lot of good things with this team. You got Yachty's final year next season. Maybe Wayno's too. That'll be a big talking point this offseason and going into spring training. You know you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things to get behind if you're a Cardinal fan. Yeah. And I'm not saying that the wind has been taken out of the sails, but uh, it's not as breezy. Let's put it that way. Um, and that that's the part that frustrates me. But again, it can change to BT's point because it's about the players. Ultimately, that's why you tune in. You you love the game and you love the players, and that's why you watch or you listen. And so the game is always going to be about the players. So if they go out and make some moves and you get excited about this, we're not talking about the firing of Mike Schilt. We're talking about, well, we're learning more about Ali Marmol or Stubby Clapp or Matt Holiday or Carlos Beltran. I'm going through my list here off the top <laughs> of my head. Uh, or some others that are out there that maybe we're not thinking about. Um, but it's about the players. And if you can excite the fan base by going out, as BT mentioned, and being aggressive, which whether or not Mike Schilt was here, I do think they were going to go out and be aggressive because they understand this team had 90 wins and they got better as the season went on in late August, early September. And I'm not blinded by the 17-game winning streak. I'm not saying that, uh, oh, well, you know, look at the other four months. Well, the other four months, you were missing a lot of players when they had their full- Really, we've talked about this. It was just June. June. June was historically bad. But the rest of the year, they were a good baseball team. First couple of months, you led the league at one point in record wise. So the components of the players were there when you got hurt, it got ugly. They didn't hit momentum was going the wrong way. So I think they believe that this is a good team. So they need a couple of pieces maybe to make it a great team. And that's what I'm excited about. Um, but I, I do think though, it's, we're talking about this stuff and it, there's a lot of gray area with it. And we're all trying to move on, including the organization of Mike Schilt. I just, I'd rather be on the focus of us taking a couple of segments and saying, is it Trevor Story? Is it Marcus Simeon? Is it Paul DeYoung? Is it Amondo Sosa? But we're not. And that's that's the one thing that I, I don't like. The stakes are as high as they've been in any offseason since like 2015-ish. I mean, you, you can see it. It's right there. The Cardinals are very close to being a legit World Series contender. And Dan, I haven't been able to say that for a while now. Yeah. It's been probably five years since the Cardinals have really realistically going into the season Felt like they could win a World Series. Healthy Flaherty, Wayno stays healthy. Go out and get your pitching staff taken care of. Absolutely. They're right there. And so the stakes are very high, and they just got taken up that much higher, especially for the front office, because of the decision that you decided to make. This is an objectively good manager. And they decided to fire him for the potential of having either a great manager or a great situation between the general manager slash president of baseball operations and the manager. So and the GM. Absolutely. Michael Gersh. Very important there. Um, so when you have all of that put together, you've got an offseason man that I'm fascinated by. I'm totally in agreement with Brad Thompson. I was already there and wondering like, it's as open of an offseason yeah. as I can remember in terms of do but they now go does get this that put more pressure on you to do guy it. or do they get multiple pieces that can help them? And now, yes, there is definitely more pressure. You've got to ace the offseason. Look at the teams that are still standing right now. What they do last offseason. 
They aced it. They found a way to go out there and make the big moves. And then in the regular season, once they got into it, they made some big moves at the trade deadline. Look at how the Braves have put this team together. They reconstructed the entire outfield at the deadline. Look at what the Red Sox did at the trade deadline. Kyle Schwarber, who's been a huge piece to what they're doing in the postseason, that was a deadline acquisition. So it's this offseason and then going into next year. You better be ready to go. This is this is when it's time to push the chips into the middle. I am fascinated if Matt Holiday gets an interview. Uh, do they go the direction of a Skip Schumacher with Cardinal ties? Obviously, winning a world championship, drafted, developed by St. Louis. Um, Holiday in particular is really interesting to me because of his association and friendship with Nolan Arenado. Uh, do the Cardinals have interest in Trevor Story? And if that was a target, do they go out and, and say, Matt Holiday could go get his Trevor Story if that's the guy they wanted? Uh, what kind of staff would he assemble? Now, we know that most of these guys are coming back, but you know that he could get you an all-star staff. He's been around baseball forever. Dad coached at a high level. Brother does it. He's doing it now at Oklahoma State. Um, and he's a Cardinal. You know, I, I know he played in Colorado. I know he had the time with the Yankees. But to me, he's always going to be a Cardinal. And he's going to the Cardinal Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, that would be a fascinating hire. And I can tell you, on the media side, uh, you you got the Matt Holiday, and I think people are seeing it now when he comes on the station here. Oh, he's so good. He's, God, he's, he's good great. with the, the fast lane. He's great. And that's how he was, and that's how I knew him behind the scenes. He's hilarious. He's good with the media. And I think when you're playing, you're, you're locked in, and you're kind of putting on your game face, and you're not trying to give the media too much. So um, that's a fascinating one. Carlos Beltran would be fascinating. Now, if A.J. Hinch can get back in the game and Alex Cora can get back in the game, certainly Carlos Beltran can be back in the game. Do you think he's a real candidate here? Because I think I would love to see him be a candidate. I just don't know if they're actually going to go that route. And that is not based on any reporting or insight. I'm just kind of reading the tea. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Um, Obviously, anybody that they bring in better be uh, on board with analytics and be on board with what the front office is trying to do. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys. We mentioned Stubby, mentioned Stubby, Marmol, um, Skip, Holiday, and Beltron seem to be the five guys that I've I've you heard. Know, yeah, I, I I mean it's I, I don't think it's Buck Showalter and some of the others that uh, you know you may hear Ron Washington. I don't believe you know I, they they want to go in a different direction. I I think that's what they'll do. But I, I would be extremely uh, curious about their interviews and what they would bring. And I also think, BK, you you do yourself a service as a business or as a franchise in sports to bring in outside views in the interview process and say, you know, from your lens, what do you see? Like, what do you like about how we do things? What don't you like? What do you see about our major league product? Tell us about the players you like. I try to bring in Bob Melvin. Like, I I don't know if he is interested for sure in leaving there right now or not. By the way, the A's manager, for those that that don't know the name, um, he's very good. And he's going into the final year of his contract in Oakland. He might be the best out there. He's fantastic. I'm with you. And he has, if you want an analytically driven team, that's the one. There was a movie made about it. You may have heard of it. Um, And so he, he has some history being in an organization that is analytically inclined he would be somebody that if he's interested in, in interviewing, I would want to get his opinion, even if it's not like 
ultimately who they're going to hire. I would want to get his opinion on what, what our organization does well and what we're missing right no now. No question. No question about it. Okay, you've got three hours coming up with Alex Ferraro. This is a good hour here getting into the uh, what happened yesterday and uh, moving forward. But uh, what do you got coming up? Yeah, looking forward to this, Dan. Uh, coming up at 1130, Jason, I, I apologize, I may be mispronouncing his name. Dombeck, the former president and general manager of state the State College Spikes, uh, he was there when Ali Marmol was the manager there. Um, so interested to get his viewpoint on what made Marmol a successful manager down there, what could make him a successful manager in the big leagues. We'll have Buster only of ESPN coming up at 1 o'clock, but we were going to kick things off with the Blues from last night. The kids, man, they were the storyline wow. from that one. They it's were fun, very man. impressive. Hell of a lot of fun to watch. What's this mean for the Blues long term? Tell you what, the Blues uh, up front, they're rolling out four lines, man, that are doing some damage. Fun to watch. It's an entertaining team right now. They're a heck of a lot of fun. If they can get their defensive, some of their defensive issues figured out over the course of the season, that's going to yeah. be a really good team. Looking forward to it, buddy. See you tomorrow. Absolutely. Same to you. Tanner, great job. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.